0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Living Room Logic. Hey everyone, welcome back. Living Room Logic. We're putting out another bonus episode. Uh, There's no Aiden today, I'm afraid. Aiden is out having a lovely, happy time. And that's great. And we all love that for Aiden. But I am here. And I thought I would put together a bonus episode on my own, talking about COVID. I know we're sick of it. I know we're sick of all of the information going on and all of the twisting of what is interpretation and what is facts. So I thought I'd put this out to give a calmer sense of what's going on. Because I, I think things are in a great place. We it, it has never been in a better place for being able to suppress the virus. And I think that should be appreciated. But we have things like some restrictions coming in, we have uncertainty in the future, we have Omicron, and we have the big picture. So I just want to talk through mainly those three points. Now I want to start with variants. We had the original Wuhan virus, the SARS-CoV-2 from Wuhan that spread across the world and induced the pandemic. And then last December, Alpha came in and then we had Beta come in. And then just before the summer started, we had, or just in the summer, we had Delta. And Delta has proven to be a problem. Now, what's different about these variants? What, what makes a variant? Well, on the surface of the virus, we have spike proteins, which I'm sure we have heard to death of, but what these essentially are are keys which go into locks on the cell, open them, and gets the virus into the cell, okay? So they're essentially keys. A variant has a slightly different key. Okay? And it's very important to think about variants this way, because we hear a lot of information like, the worst variant yet, with all of these mutations. And it's a very poor interpretation of how this works, and it's a very poor interpretation of efficacy and communication. The reason for this is because you can only change a key so much until it stops unlocking the lock. You could have a million mutations, and it just wouldn't work. So... As long as it still unlocks the lock, it means it couldn't have changed too much. And when we talk about vaccines and we talk about immunity, we're not ever, ever going to see a situation where vaccine induced immunity or natural immunity are nil. You'll never see that, because if you see that, it means that the virus can't function. It means the key no longer opens the lock when essentially the vaccine is trying to make a bunch of different locks that will latch onto the virus and stop the key from going into the cells okay from unlocking the cells so that's very important to think about when we're talking about variants because there's been a lot of talk about omicron as if it were or omicron as if it was greater or scarier because it is the most mutated variant we've seen so far it's unlocking the same lock with a slightly different key which means it couldn't have changed too much Our vaccines are like are very heavily designed around looking like the lock and looking like the key. And it has a lot. It has 70, I think, different antibody inducers, epitopes or as they're called, which would all need to become nil to have an antibody response nullified. But there's also um, a really important point that isn't talked about, which is that. Even if it changes so much that it won't work with antibodies, we have a second layer of the immune response, which is induced by vaccines and induced by uh, natural immunity also, which is the T cell response. And we, we don't talk about this in basic communications because we're getting into the nitty gritty of immunology and antibodies is how we will stop an infection before it started. You'll have neutralizing antibodies, which will catch the virus so hard it can't even start an infection. That's ideal. However, you need to have a lot of antibodies in your system. And we're seeing a lot of waning of immunity, and that is what's waning. But the second side, which is the T cells, T cells have a different system for detecting viruses. And it doesn't really matter how much it changes. It would have to change an astronomical amount in order for T cells to not uh, protect And what's really important about T cells, T T cells and B cells, I should include for the scientists amongst the listeners, is they are the cells that are most important for preventing severe illness and death. And the reason that is so valuable is when we look at a pandemic in Ireland and the stress that we're focused on is how many people are ending up in hospital. How many people are ending up in ICU and how many people are dying from COVID? Those are the main stressors on the health, se- health sector. So we're not too concerned about vaccines losing their ability to protect from the worst of outcomes. But what can happen is that that first response, that antibody response, can become a little dulled. I'm not saying 50% worse. I'm saying a little dulled, maybe 10, 20%. Okay, And that's okay. We're, we're still getting a lot of benefits. It is still doing a massive job reducing transmission. And it is starting to look like the vaccines will be a three-dose vaccine. So that will probably start coming out in the new year. We've, all, I think in Ireland, we've already done nearly a million booster doses, which is incredible. And it's especially incredible because we've gotten those into people who are vulnerable. And again, this is very important. So the, the early data about Omicron now is that whilst, as I just described, vaccines will still be protective and Anyone telling you otherwise doesn't have the data to back it or to prove it. We have indications that, like I said, might lose a little bit, but we don't have any indications that it won't work. And that is genuinely crazy talk. Early data is indicating that it's more transmissible. It's showing that natural immunity isn't sufficing. Uh, Vaccine immunity, as I said, is very wide spectrum. You're not just given one type of spike protein. You're given multiple types of spike proteins which you build immune responses for all of them, which gives you a much wider spectrum, okay, as opposed to natural immunity, which might be quite specific. Um, We had this back with the beta variant when that popped up, because the beta variant was just different enough that if you had immunity from Wuhan or if you had immunity from Alpha, um, it wouldn't work anymore. But with Delta, it's more similar, okay? It's just the funny quirks of the way these things are. But with Omicron, it is definitely looking like natural immunity, is five times worse. It's it's hugely evading that. So that's really important to note because we, we don't actually know yet if the virus is really, really good at transmitting or if it's just really good at evading natural immunity. And most of the data that we have is coming out of South Africa, naturally. They found, they found it first. It wasn't their first, but they found it first. And they're going through a wave right now. But they only have 20, 30% vaccinated. So it's very hard for us to pull meaningful data of how it will actually impact Ireland. It could be very bad for South Africa as a poorly vaccinated nation, but it could be not much for Ireland. It can mean very little in Ireland. That's very, very important to really think about. I also think that it's important to note that there is data coming out suggesting that the Omicron variant is milder. That's fine. And uh, I like that indication. It's It's good news. And I don't really want to be the, I, I, I'm trying to keep this positive, but again, a lot of this data is coming from poorer countries where the variant is going through. And in these poorer countries, you have such a smaller over 65 population that it's very hard to make solid concu- conclusions about the severity. I think that's really important to note. <clears throat> so, so the main things to worry about Omicron is vaccinated countries will be fine, okay? It The vaccine effect will be impacted, but we will be fine. It's important to note that the antibody cocktails that are being produced by Eli Lilly, by Regeneron, by all these different companies, they will still work. They'll work slightly less, 10%, something like that, but they will still work and they will still save lives. It's also important to note that in the last couple of weeks, oral antivirals, so literally go to the doctor, get a few tablets, prescriptions... Will also be released, and this will also prevent more severe outcomes. So, the the place that COVID is continuously going is we are getting better and better at controlling it, and things like these antivirals. They don't. The antiviral doesn't care about the mutation. The antiviral is treating a mechanism that the virus needs to reproduce. It can't mutate that, so it's targeting. Uh, it's. Targeting an enzyme that turns something into something and it needs that process to work. The antiviral targets it, stops it from happening and done. And the virus can't reproduce. Excellent, excellent pill. Um, A little trickier than I just described it. But it is a game changer. An oral pill that you can just prescribe to someone. Hey, take that. That will save people going into hospital with COVID. It will be a difference between people being hospitalized and going into ICU and it will be a difference between people going into ICU and dying. This is really good. There's also the information about uh, the vaccine producers saying that if worse came to worse, they could have a new vaccine out specifically for it in 100 days, which is great. It is great that we can adapt so quickly and it's not like we'd be waiting 100 days to get it out. They already have the manufacturing made, built, available, ready to go. We already have the logistics of how we get vaccines to countries and countries already have the logistics of how we get vaccines to people. So the waiting time would be significantly less if needed. But currently it's just showing that three three shots of the vaccine seems to be the limit. We're seeing really positive data coming out of the third booster trial of longer lasting, not waning immunity. So that's good. It is good. There's a lot of positives that are not getting enough attention about the threat of variants from an Ireland consensus, from a highly vaccinated nation. We will be good. It's fine. Okay. so people take a deep breath. (laughs) And uh, now I just want to do a quick word on COVID in on COVID in Ireland itself, because people are understandably frustrated Uh, i i think it's been a really really tough couple couple years now Uh, nearly two full years of this stuff come march and you have a right to be frustrated and uh, you have a right to feel hard done by um i i do think a pandemic is an impossible situation i think you're never ever going to keep everyone happy that is tough but the situation in ireland is quite good okay when we opened up last year we ended up with an R value, which is the reproductive rate. Uh, last, This is last Christmas, last January, of two. When we opened up, the growth rate of it went mad. And we saw what happened last Christmas. But this year, in the run-up to Christmas, our growth rate has been quite steady between about 1.2 and 1. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's massive. It is massive. And I'd say in the next couple of days, we're going to start seeing that dip below 1. And we'll start seeing a decrease in cases. And that's good. We're also seeing a huge, huge effect of vaccinations on fatality rates. In the months of January and November, we had 110,000 cases, give or take. You know, 110,000 cases. In January, it was a complete disaster. Sadly, 1,420 people died. However, with the same number of cases in November, we've seen 160 deaths. And that is a huge, huge effect, which is only really explainable by the protective impact of vaccination. And that is great. That is great. And that is a sign of why Ireland is doing quite well. Um, it's, it's also coming out that the current pressure on hospitals is, not, is disproportionately coming from the unvaccinated community. Um, or the people who are unvaccinated, because 50% of hospitalizations and 50% of ICU patients are unvaccinated. And that's coming from six and a half percent of the population. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, If you know people who are unvaccinated, speak to them kindly and uh, speak to them well and try to inform them Um, and try to speak to them about getting vaccinated, because it, it, it as much as a vaccine is a choice to protect yourself, it does have positive impacts for the whole population and for everyone's lives however it's also important to note that this is not an excuse for oh i'm vaccinated i can do what i want um we, we've clearly seen that now that after two doses of the vaccine we are protected really really well from severe outcomes um deaths icu hospitalizations all down symptoms down yeah down but not as much as we'd like and although transmission is suppressed and it really is suppressed it's still not below zero, okay. So you still need to be responsible if you're vac- if you have those two doses of the vaccine. So we're we're going into a time with restrictions now, and we're seeing that even though all of these indicators are quite good, we still need restrictions, and and that is frustrating. But I, I want to talk about why this is. Is because last Christmas we opened up things generally in a good place. But there wasn't any way of predicting how the growth rate would grow. And the growth rate of the virus is completely down to social behaviour. What wasn't predicted last year was that there's a huge increase in in in-house socialising, of intergenerational mixing. It's the only time of year where you will have age groups mixing consistently you're over 60s you're under 18s you're 20 30 40 year olds you have people bringing their kids to their grandparents visiting their uncles their aunts their cousins their nephews all of that and it's it's this that we're protecting because winter is a very difficult time for healthcare anyway there's always always and there always have been in ireland problems in the winter and december in hospitals, overcrowding and such. And we don't want a situation close to last year because we all, as people, will want to go home and we'll all want to see our family. And surely we will. But we need to have some restrictions in place to control it because come the closing of schools and that Christmas break, we'll probably see, and that's what we're expecting to see, the growth rate increase. But we're trying to prevent it from doing anything bad to the healthcare system. It's not a good time of year for the healthcare system. So we're being cautious. We're also being cautious about Omicron. Omicron is very, uh, again, we, we don't have data either way, but we don't want to be in a vulnerable position if Omicron comes in and is dangerous. Not, I don't think it is particularly dangerous. I don't think the data is showing that it's going to hurt us too much at all. But caution is warranted and it's much better to be proactive than reactive. And that's something that you could have been critical about the response to COVID so far. So overall, I think we're in a really good place. I, I think it's not spoken about enough about how good of a place we're at. What is the goal right now? What's the goal with COVID? What, what are we aiming for? Okay, the goal is to get to a point where even though the virus can spread, it's not spreading exponentially. We're trying to get to a point where for every one case someone gets, they give it to Less than one person. So if 100 people get COVID, they give it to 80 people. And if you keep that going, you will eventually have no case growth. And that would be great. And we want to get to that place where we have no restrictions and only passive restrictions. Passive restrictions like vaccination, ventilation. Uh, I I include masking. It's a mask. (laughs) We will live. Um, And not big restrictions. Nothing to do with hospitality. Nothing to do with nightclubs. All of that should be open. We we want to get to that place. So last year, like I said before, we had a similar uh, reproductive rate of two. And currently it's at, it's at about 1 to 1.2. And this is hugely down to vaccination. And vaccination is having a massive suppressing effect. When we get those third doses, it'll go even further down. Uh, contrary to pop science, we're well equipped for variants, be it through more vaccines, whether it'll be through making sure that uh, we're vaccinated enough in a population and also between the potential development of new vaccines and the potential development of new treatments. And it's really important to remember that we will never be put in the same position ever again by a novel virus, because although times are anxious and uncertain in many regards, this pandemic will likely become endemic to the third world next year. That's the reality. The first world will have invested enough time, money, and looked after themselves that this will become endemic to the third world. Ireland's particularly stringent restrictions are not really a symptom of how powerful the virus is. Uh, it's more of a symptom of an already vulnerable healthcare system, which we had to protect. Nobody deserves to die because we can't look after them that's not fair but we are all paying the price with more restrictions to look after that and it's very important to to look at the whole political spectrum of why this has happened because we have invested a lot into healthcare it's just been quite pungently mismanaged often Last thing to note is that it, this is not our last pandemic. It's not. Uh, in our lifetime, we're likely to have a pandemic every 10 to 15 years. But the difference is we will be equipped better for every single one after this. To be equipped, we need investment in passive restrictions of spread. So we need to put money into research to have it there in case something pops up. We need to have expansion of healthcare, even if this is the setting up of unmanned wards that can be f- filled. And hired in in case of emergency, just having the infrastructure there, something like that would be very useful and very, very important. We need to do things like ventilation. Ventilation is a big thing that's coming up now where it is not a super, super effective means of preventing spread, but it does help. There's a lot of talk about it going on in schools, but we need it in all public buildings that people share indoor space. We need it in pubs. We need it in bars. We need it in hotels. We need it in all of these things that needs to be invested, because once it's invested, we have it for life. And the kinds of viruses that we would be worried about going pandemic level would likely be respiratory and would likely be airborne. So that's important. Uh, We need to also make sure we keep the facilities that we have prepared on hand and ready to be activated things like communications things like faster and better testing um keep the infrastructure and contact tracing not to keep it working the whole time but to have the infrastructure there ready to go if we have to go again so we're nearly there we are so 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 close We're, we're we've been doing very very well and i think everyone should be quite hopeful about what next year will bring that doesn't mean that There isn't a global problem. That doesn't mean that there's a lot, not a lot of inequality in this pandemic and how we've treated it. But from an Irish point of view, next year will be fine. It will be fine. OK, Omicron or not, we'll be going into next year in a completely different place with such a high vaccination rate. So that's good. That's positive. Um, The very last thing I'd say is just quickly on antigen tests. Use them. They're good. Um, They are totally handy tools. They are not good tools for testing if you have COVID. I I know it's a stupid sentence, but they're not. You should use them as a screening tool, as a, look, I'm just doing this, check if I have COVID, see if I have to change my behavior. Like change my behavior to isolating and getting a PCR test because you could have COVID and it won't detect it. But if you do two or three of them, you'll increase your chances of being accurate. And if you're going to maybe go home for Christmas, maybe do a couple a few days beforehand and make sure you're clean and do do some before you actually go. Same thing if you're going to see your grandparents and uncle and aunt take a few antigen tests. Better safe than sorry. It doesn't guarantee that it would pick it up if you are bringing it, but it certainly is safe and it certainly is a good thing to do. Very beneficial. Okay. that's all I have to say on this. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of news going on that hasn't been good. I think there's been a lot of poor communication. And uh, I've been having an interesting anyway to try and communicate it more clearly. Okay. And I've enjoyed it. And a lot of people have definitely appreciated it. And I appreciate all of you because it's it's good that this kind of messaging is getting out. So take it easy don't spend too much time watching the news and reading stuff if anything important pops up i'll probably put something out on the page anyways so don't worry too much about it Uh, and i'll let you know if anything changes me and aiden are working on season two uh we recorded a good few episodes now and we're still recording and we're hopeful to get the new season with video out in the new year and that'll be really fun so thank you everyone for for the support for, you know, liking, sharing, enjoying everything we're doing. Thank you to the patri- patrons. They are just stellar in trying to get our project and our passion out further. So thank you, everyone. Take it easy. Look after yourselves. Use common sense. And best of luck. Have a good one. This is the end of the podcast We hope that you enjoyed your time If you're feeling generous And you're not completely skint Why don't you give us some money Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Patreon, join our Patreon, join our Patreon.